and welcome to episode number nine of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, and each and every week we are gathered here with some of the brightest minds across the entire gambling industry to talk about all the things that are going on. And man, there are a lot of things going on. If you're looking for picks and plays, this is not the podcast for you. But if you want to learn about what's going on and when you may or may not be able to gamble legally on sports or online poker or casino, whatever it may be, this is the podcast for you. Join this week by Dustin Galker. Dustin, thank you for being here. Thank you, sir. And Brett, it makes Brett Colson makes his triumphant return after a week absence. Brett, thanks for being back here. I am thrilled to be back. Uh, Eric filled in admirably, but he is no Colson. So, uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll try to we'll just rotate you guys. You know, I mean, like you guys will be vying for that third spot. Maybe there'll be a battle royale or something like that to see who gets it permanently. Um, but yes, it he's, was, hey, look, he's our he's our traveling correspondent. I cannot fill those shoes. This is true. This is true. He did spend. Maybe we'll get him on uh, next week for a little bit to talk about his trip to uh, New Jersey. He had not actually taken in the stuff when we talked to him last week. If you are listening to this, um, you're probably getting this on Friday. And I'm glad that you are because uh, we waited an extra day to tape this week because we wanted to see how all the news was going to break. And man, am I glad that we did that, Dustin. Things really, really got cranking in just the last. 24 hours and had we gone yesterday uh this podcast would be worthless uh pretty pretty worthless i think well less worthless and more worthless than usual I'd say. <laughs> uh yeah we had a lot of news uh, not too much news early in the week and then wednesday rolled around and this morning and yeah sports betting business uh back up back up and on uh, hitting on all cylinders yeah we're going to have uh some quick hits here to start off like usual then we're going to get into what's going on in Rhode Island, Mississippi, West Virginia, Kentucky, New York, Pennsylvania. I mean, all the things that you're looking to go, uh, you know, if you're looking for some gambling in any of those states. Also, we'll talk about what's going on with DraftKings. DraftKings making some moves as well. And then we'll close out with a letter that uh, I think we're going to, we might get some some Orrin Hatch level yelling. I don't know if we will or not, but uh, there was a letter that surfaced that was pretty crazy. And we will talk about that. It was, uh, if you guys are feeling you know, a little bit of animosity towards the leagues, then uh, you maybe you can turn some of that towards an individual team after uh, this podcast here. So Congress, Dustin had packed his bags. He was ready to go. He was going to go, go take this in and uh, they were going to get together and talk about sports betting. And, and Dustin, I don't know, did they give you fair enough warning to where you were going to get a, to where you get a refund on your ticket or anything like that? I mean, or this was just one of those things where you're going to have to eat this ticket. Uh, I was thinking about going. I know they they show these online. So here I'm here in Oregon, going to D.C. Kind of a kind of a slog. But yes, Congress uh, announced it sometime late in the day on, or put it on their website late on the day on Tuesday that they were having a, be- a hearing about sports betting, looking at the future of it, what Congress's role might be. And then like several hours later, they pulled it, said it was postponed. Uh, I don't know why you put up a as you're having a hearing if you know it's going to be postponed a few hours later. That seems kind of silly. But uh, yeah, so right now we're dodging the bullet of having to listen to what Congress has to say about sports betting, which uh, is probably a good thing in my book. Yeah, and, and you only fly first class. So I mean, like this is this was saving you some real money here. It's a good I, thing I, that I, they sometimes did I, I hang off the side of the wing sometimes yeah. or, or, or I have a, a a, a, a biplane that I sometimes take, but yeah, private jet. I mean, listen, living that living that Dustin Galker life is nice. Uh, looking here at some golf stuff, Brett. Uh, listen, if you were watching and you saw Phil Mickelson's meltdown at the U.S. Open, where he was, you know, a ball was rolling and he ran over. Actually, r- literally ran over. When I say this, kind of jogged over there to hit the ball while it was rolling. He comes out later and says he knew exactly what was going on and that basically he was kind of gaming the system. 
But, Brett, you know, over at the lines, you guys take a look at it from the angle that, you know, this is the type of stuff that gets curious when we're talking about a landscape with legal sports betting. Yeah, and golf traditionalists lost their minds over this. <laughs> Which I was just it was pretty, absurd. Was, yeah, he wasn't I in was, contention. I mean, like, yeah. it, it was one of those, it would be completely different if it was one of those things where he had even a snowball's chance in hell of, of anything. But, I mean, he was so incredibly far back that I thought it was just kind of like a moment of, wow, these guys are a little bit like us. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. But the first thing that came to my mind was sports betting and the integrity feed that the PGA Tour has been pushing for in every state. And incidents like this I should maybe make the league think twice about keeping some distance from sports betting. Because if you're taking a cut of every bet, now you have some questions to answer. Like, why wasn't Phil disqualified for this? Why is he allowed to do that and keep playing his round? And then again on Sunday... Like these are decisions by the leagues uh, that impact a lot of betting tickets, even if the player or team isn't in contention. I know uh, Fairway J, who wrote the article for the Lions this week, he had money on Phil versus Tiger. Now that was already decided because Tiger didn't make the cut and Phil did. But you know, in situations where both of those players are still in contention, that's that's something that the leagues are really going to have to consider. And I don't think they really appreciate what they've gotten themselves into here. Let the gaming officials handle it. As, as they have been in Nevada for decades. Now, you golf purists out there, the people that I saw on Twitter, I didn't fight back with you because I knew that it was going to be, the battle was going to be futile, but get a grip. I mean, seriously, golf is already stuck <laughs> up and ridiculous enough as it is, and you coming in and saying that he disgraced himself and made a mockery of the game, and how can he ever show his face in public again, and this, that, and the other. I mean, the British journalist that they got on television, and I wanted to jump through my screen when he was sitting there saying that he had ruined his legacy by doing this one thing right here. Dustin, I, are you along the lines of us? Did you just think it was like, hey, man, it was a moment of a guy being human. I, I, mean, oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't see it as anything that was like so incredibly disrespectful or anything. Oh, yeah. Even apart from the sports betting stuff, which that's a great story on the lines. If you didn't read it yet. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous that golf purists just are up in arms about this. Like, look at what what athletes do in other sports uh, and and what they get away with. And they just allow it to continue on. I wrote I think somebody somebody wrote a column that his legacy was tarnished forever. It's like, come on, just come on, get off of it. Um, and yeah, golf fans might have surpassed soccer fans for for worst fans in my book this week. Ooh, yeah, I mean, OK, I'll let it go for this week, but there is no worse fan than soccer <laughs> fan. So like, actually, there is no worse fan than soccer fan. I'm going to have to overrule that. I'm sorry, especially during World Cup time. Like everyone brings out their uh, their logo book booklet and they're sitting there I mean I mean their lingo booklet and they're like literally going through every single term that they can say something differently from the way we would normally say it grass is no longer grass it's pitch soccer is no longer soccer it's football everything is going on here it's just like every every kick every cross is beautiful and I'm just like get a grip guys like seriously like I mean I get it you're a I'm fan si of I'm soccer. sitting here in my I'm sitting here in my Croatia kit after they beat Argentina and, uh, <laughs> right no longer a jersey your kit right <laughs> yeah exactly I know because like you have to goddamn if you call it a jersey I mean you know it's, it's got to be a kit like then you do, you're what not what is a what is a kit you're That's not a thing? I mean you're oh, not even authentic you're, you're if you yeah you're it, behind it, you're behind even Matt and I on soccer fandom if you don't know what a kit is come on oh for sure <laughs> I mean it's just one of those things where you're sitting here like yeah it's a jersey bro I you could just call it a jersey like you don't have to call it a kit seriously let's just well, be kit, kit, kit is like the whole thing the whole thing right I think. Well, it's, it's okay. maybe uniform then uniform uniform are we good with that? 
We're good. Go ahead. All right. We're good with the uniform then. Whatever. This is just so ridiculous. Okay. The World Series of Poker is going on. Still firing on all cylinders out here in Las Vegas. They ran the $365 World Series of Poker.com online bracelet event. There's the first of four that will be going down, actually. And it had a hell of a turnout. You're looking at 2,123 unique entrants, 2,972 total entries. It was a re-entry event, not a rebuy, a re-entry. You had to fully bust, and then you could rebuy and get back into the tournament at that point. Um, guys, listen, this is a pretty big. This is a pretty big step here. I mean, they it really stepped up hundreds of entries, um, hundreds of uniques as well from last year, which obviously has to do with the player pooling and things that are going on here. And you know, they've got a a five six. 65 PLO left. They've got a 1K no limit and they've got a $3,200 no limit. And I imagine, um, you know, we're going to see pretty good turnouts for, for those as well. I mean, hell, these guys can go play live at the Rio and sit and play these events while on, on their computers, actually, while they're playing a live tournament as well. I mean, I've, I've seen videos, I've seen pictures, I've seen everything of, of people actually doing this. And so I don't see any. I don't see any indication why they would they wouldn't have big turnouts for these for these next three as well. Yeah, no surprise that the first event saw a record turnout. I think it was the biggest uh, biggest online poker tournament legal in in the U.S. Uh, since we've uh, legalized online poker in the three states. Uh, and with the added player pool in New Jersey, I mean, you're going to have all of these bracelet events are going to be massive. And, and the first one could have been bigger, too. There were some technical glitches. Uh, international players couldn't register. Some of the players couldn't take advantage of the reentry option. So yeah, the WSOP, they, they say these issues have been rectified. So we're expecting... Huge turnouts for the remaining three events. The first one, uh, Friday evening, is a PLO online bracelet event. The first one they've ever had. So that's going to be a fun one. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting times here uh, with these uh, massive, massive bracelet events. Uh, players can can win a bracelet from their couch. Yeah, and, and one of the things they have done, I already got an email from WSOP.com basically saying that if I want to play the 565 PLO, uh, they give you basically run the rundown saying you've only got 30 seconds to re-enter, so you're not going to have a chance to redeposit or anything like that. So if you want to, if you think it's a chance that you're going to fire multiple bullets in this thing, you need to go ahead and have the money in your account ready to go because you only got 30 seconds to decide whether you want to re-enter or not. And so I'm glad that they did that, basically just laying it out there and saying, look, you're you're not going to have a chance to run to your 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 bank account real quick and throw some more money into the into the cashier. That's not a an option. So. So I uh, but slow the tournament down way too much if that were the case. So this is this is a good thing, good steps that they're taking. And yeah, I agree. I think this 565 is going to be big. And, and when you talk about it being a re-entry as well, I know a lot of these guys, you know, that are that are in town that have big bankrolls that play online regularly. I imagine this could get uh, pretty nutty, Dustin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're we're talking a brand new world for online poker. Uh, we're looking at adding Pennsylvania next year. They could join this multi-state uh, agreement, and we could just be talking, you know, massive numbers for for WSOP online bracelet events next year. Uh, we uh, we uh, we'll talk about more about other states and the possibility. But right now, yeah, things are you know at least for WSOP uh, online looking good. Um, interestingly, we haven't seen liquidity really go up across 
every 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 site, including uh, you know uh, Borgata Party Poker and Poker Stars. We it's been almost flat, just a little bit of growth as far as total players playing. But WSOP is certainly uh, uh, really uh, seeing seeing advantages of play of pulling players from New Jersey and Nevada. If you're listening to this and you are in physically located in Nevada or New Jersey or will be physically located in Nevada or New Jersey on Saturday, there's actually a special online poker report satellite for the 1K bracelet event. You can find it in the lobby. It's going to be on Saturday at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. The password is OPR1000. So jump in that thing. I think it's only a $5 buy-in, I believe, is something like that. So uh, $5, $5 buy-in and it's a, thousand, a, a ticket is added just automatically. So right now there's not many people in it. If you want to try to play in a $1,000 event online, uh, pretty good opportunity coming up. Yeah, OPR1000 is a password to get in that thing. So definitely do that. And one thing before we move on here before to, to Rhode Island, William Hill cut a deal with the Las Vegas Lights soccer team here. Uh, they're going to offer all kinds of bets, you know, pre-match and, and including in-game stuff as well. And listen, when I saw this story come across my Twitter feed, Dustin, it just made my heart warm. It made me smile <laughs> ear to ear because this is, listen, yeah, I understand. It is a minor league, you know, a very, very minor league soccer team and everything that's going on with this. But listen, they, they went out on a limb. They took a partnership here. And this is just the beginning. It's the same thing we've been saying about sports betting. It's the same thing we've been saying about online casino, everything like that is it's going to happen anyway. So it doesn't matter if you're the first to do it. It, it. it really only matters if you're the last to do it because you're the idiot that waited too long to take money from some of these people. So it, it definitely made me smile. I know I passed it over to you and I, I think I even got an online smile from you as well. Yeah, this is this is the model that we should be seeing. We should see. I mean, it would be only smart for sports franchises to be partnering with sports books and 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 do things like this to increase engagement, especially for lower level lower level leagues like the USL, where I mean, Las Vegas Lights is you know pretty small potatoes, but hey, they get a little bit of interest from sports betting. There's not really going to be any integrity concerns because the limits are going to be really low on this. Nobody's going to be trying to fix a USL match via William Hill. That's just nonsense for people who are going to come back at us with that. But yeah, this is uh, and we also of Major League Baseball on the other side saying, oh, teams can't have deals with sports books, which is just absolutely also ridiculous entirely. So, yeah, this is uh, this should be the first of many of, of these kind of things that we're going to see over the years as sports betting rolls out in the U.S. So as we said at the top of the show here, the last 24 hours has been absolutely bonkers here. Let's get it started with Rhode Island. The legislature passed a $9.6 billion budget plan that includes provisions to regulate sports betting under state operation. The House lawmakers voted 66 to 7 for passage on this one, Dustin. So everybody who lives in and or around Rhode Island is wondering where and when will they be able to bet? So word out of Rhode Island is right before I got on the podcast. So the governor says she's going to sign the budget there, which has the sports betting provisions in it. So uh, that'll be law of the land as of uh, noon Eastern tomorrow. Doesn't mean sports betting is going to be legal quite yet. They still have to do regulations. Uh, the lottery has to deal with it. So um, looking, it's, it sounds like October is when we're looking at for a rollout in Rhode Island. And it's not going to be online right away. It's only going to be at the two cas- Twin River casinos uh, in Rhode Island right, right off the bat. So if you are in Rhode Island, congrats. Dustin, does, it, does this start to bust your over-under here for, for 2018? I know you had a line set for a number of states that would actually be going here. And with, with does, does Rhode Island actually kind of bust your line? Wasn't it two and a half? 
No, my the, my line. I moved the line. It was two and a half, and then I moved it to three and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, at some okay. point, some, at some point, right after pass by, I think uh, went down, and it's number of new laws, and we're up at three. West Virginia, uh, New Jersey, and Rhode Island have new laws. <laughs> so we're looking at to hit the over. We need one more. I don't know. I don't know if I see that. Connecticut's a possibility, but um, yeah, if you got the under, I'd say you're looking pretty good right now. <laughs> I feel like this one's kind of snuck up on us too, though. I mean, we might have another one do the same. Yeah, so, I mean, Connecticut's, uh, we don't think we're going to talk about that too much, we might as well now. Uh, they might call a special session just to deal with sports gambling. Um, that that could that news could come as soon as next week on whether they're going to do that, but that would be the wild card. Michigan's kind of hanging out there. They have a bill that, that advanced through the through the House, uh, what, a few weeks ago now, and uh, but they, it doesn't look like they're going to pass the Senate this year, so we're kind of looking, yeah, I think we're, we're not looking at maybe Connecticut or somebody else sneaking up on us, but we'll see. So, getting off script here, because this is not a in our show sheet and if you guys are wondering how we just come up with all these amazing topics we actually do do some prep for the show so there is a show sheet that we follow here but i'm going to go off script here and i'm going to say dustin what is the line for 2019 then what is where how many states let's not even say just bills but like how many states will you actually be able to legally place a wager in 2019 by the end of 2019 well, let's count the list of where you can right now. I mean, where you will be able to this year, which is we'll get into this. West Virginia, Mississippi, you will be able to bet in those states uh, this year. We have Delaware, uh, New Jersey, and then probably Rhode Island, too. So that's the list of states this year where we think we're going to see sports betting and obviously Nevada as well. So uh, so we're looking at what? Six. Right. Yes. And then Pennsylvania, possibly um, they have a law already in the book. So they'll be either live this year or next year. So that's our that's our universe where we're starting from. You know, I'll say half a dozen more states pass sports betting legislation uh, sometime next year, whether they go live next year. I'd say we're looking at 10 to 12 states where you could legally bet end of 2019. Nice. Nice. I think that's right off the cuff. I have no idea that that's that number could be way off, but off the cuff. That's what I think. Hey, hey, I like it. I like it. Now, he just mentioned a couple states here. So let's get into it. West Virginia, the West Virginia lottery approved approved emergency regulations on Thursday afternoon. They are going to have West Virginia sports betting beginning this year. The agency is free reign to make modifications between now and December. Dustin, uh, looking at this again here, um, you know, where are people going to be able to bet? How are they going to be able to bet? And when are they going to be able to bet? So they're planning to be live by September 1st before football season kicks off. Um, that's good news if you're, uh, you you know, want to bet on West Virginia Mountaineers or, or, or Marshall. Uh, people, that's probably going to be some of the biggest handle in the state for sure. Uh, you're going to be able to bet at the four racinos and another. There's a private club called the Green Buyer. If you follow the PGA Tour, which we talked about earlier, uh, they have a PG, they have an event there every year. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting crossover uh, official event at a casino that's, that could have legal sports betting. Uh, so you'll be able to do it all of those places. There's also mobile wagering that's coming uh there's going to be lots of different possibilities each casino can have up to three different uh skins or branded uh, mobile apps slash websites where you're going to be able to bet uh, whether they use them all we don't know but um full suite of betting is coming to west virginia uh, in the next couple of months for sure there's no gambling at bushwood Oh, that man. I wish we could put that sound in right there. That's uh, from Caddyshack. If people don't uh, didn't get that reference. Um, uh, yeah. So, Brett, you know, listen, West Virginia got things going. We talked about Rhode Island. Then Mississippi comes through. Mississippi Gaming Commission voted Thursday to adopt regulation to oversee sports betting casinos in the state there. I mean, again, this is another state that we had on our radar already, but it does look like they're going to get things done and start taking bets, uh, at least in time for at some point in football season. 
Yeah, only in casinos, but there will be plenty of venues for bettors to uh, place a bet in 32 different casinos across the state. And there, there is a provision that will allow wagering on mobile devices, but only when on casino premises, which is... I guess I that's it, if you're too hungover to get out of bed <laughs> like from the night before and you're like, man, I really want to get this bed in before this game starts. You just do it from the casino bed, I guess, or something like that. I mean, I think this is a huge mistake. I mean, most of the casinos are on the coast of Mississippi. So you're cutting into a lot of revenue by uh, potential revenue, revenue anyway, by forcing betters into a physical sports book here. I mean, we'll see how that plays out. I would have to imagine eventually Mississippi will approve betting on mobile devices after they see the numbers in the states that do allow it. I don't know, Dustin, uh, is this something that we're going to see in Mississippi? Or are they going to stick it with uh, with casinos? Yeah, I mean, right now they have to, I think they, the, the idea is they're going to have to pass another law. And based on the chatter we've heard out of the legislature there, which some people said they didn't even know they authorized sports betting when they passed this Daily Fantasy Sports Law <laughs> in 2017, I'm not going to not gonna say like people are jumping, jumping over everything to say, oh, let's do mobile betting now too. I think this is kind of like, oh, we have this now. Um, I think we're like looking at a longer tail to actually see uh, see mobile wagering in Mississippi. I don't think like we're going to see that next year, possibly in the future. And I like to point out, you know, when I'm at like when I'm in Vegas at the pool, I like to I like to bet in game and just sit out, hang on the pool. If I, if I can do that at a Mississippi casino, maybe I'd do that. There you go. I mean, listen, it's it's a it's a, at least a start, right? I mean, like it's it's one of those things where you look at it and yeah, it seems silly certainly on the surface. Um, I, I I read in the article that that you guys put up that it's even laid out that you can't do it even in the parking garage like you literally have to be on casino property and things like that but i mean yeah i mean you know you get out there lay out by the pool whatever and you don't want to have to rush inside to get in that 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 last little bet yeah i think i think that's fine and one of the things about mississippi that's really interesting um that really kind of comes to play really only in nevada than all these other things that are than all these other places that are passing really it's just the geographical advantage here dustin i mean you know you look at nevada obviously out here on the west coast tons and tons of visitors from arizona and california um just huge feeder markets coming out of san diego la and san francisco and phoenix but you you look at mississippi and you know this is a they're kind of on an island here as far as where it's where it's going to be legal so a uh, pretty big advantage for these guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think even despite the fact that the you know the South is kind of often uh, against expansions of gambling and like people kind of poo-poo it. Like obviously, like there's a ton of gaming in uh, Louisiana. Um, people from Louisiana are probably going to go uh, to Mississippi to bet on sports. Uh, Alabama, another example. Like uh, you know, they they're not going to pass sports betting anytime soon. But I can imagine people on the western border of Alabama going to some casinos and like going for a weekend, and say, hey, let's go hang out there and, and bet on sports. So like uh, yeah, I think Mississippi. Uh, yeah, there's and there's nobody around them who's even really close to to legalizing sports betting. So they're going to have this regional advantage at least for the next uh, year or two for sure. Yeah, if you take a look here and i don't know if people really realize like how close all this is i mean when you look at uh, the kind of the gulf coast down there you know the beau rivage is located is a very very nice casino uh that is located down there in biloxi mississippi that's an mgm property so they're certainly going to to be promoting the hell out of that and you know maybe even doing some things where you can well you know win trips to vegas or whatever it might be and stuff like that but uh, a big big advantage there harris is in biloxi and horseshoe is in tunica those are both caesar's properties so these are both uh you know big 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 companies based here 
out of Las Vegas. Penn National has a presence in Mississippi, and obviously they're going to be, you know, I, I imagine they'll be big players and all this. And then whenever you look at one of the other parts of the state it is Tunica, where a bunch of casinos are located. And that is actually just right down the road from Memphis in Memphis, Tennessee, obviously a big city there. So you're talking about, uh, you know, pretty easy here, like New Orleans to 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 the Beau Rivage, let's call it in Biloxi, it's only like 90 miles. So, I mean, you're talking, you know, you're talking about a little over an hour, hour, 15 minutes in the car and you're over in Biloxi. So this is certainly something where people from New Orleans are going to drive over to Biloxi. Certainly something where people from Memphis are going to come down into Tunica and take advantage of these things. So, I mean, I think Mississippi right here, passing that law, getting this done, and then, and you know, as far as we can tell, having this rock and rolling at some point during, you know, before or during football season is really, really big for that state. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah, we're seeing it kind of crowded in the east in the East Coast markets. Uh, I mean, everybody's kind of has something up there. Other, I mean, if you're a state that doesn't have it, you're probably a little worried, like uh, New York and and Maryland. But yeah, there's like it's not hard to imagine. Like people say, if you have a choice between a couple of regional casinos, are you going to go to the one with sports betting or the one without? Like right. I think that's a like I think that's a decision that people start thinking about. Like when they're when they're making their choices of where to go with their gaming dollars or what resort they're going to. I think I think that's a real real concern. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about Kentucky here. Nine members of the legislature announced they're teaming up to explore the topic of sports betting as a group. Their goal in all this is to draft and file legislation to implement legal sports betting in Kentucky. So Kentucky, is this a is this a real thing here, Dustin, or is this just kind of a a, a real long shot? Uh, I mean, it feels kind of real. They've been kicking around legislation for a little while. I mean, obviously they have, they're the home of uh, Churchill Downs, horse bet, betting on horse races. This is not like Kentucky's it's a totally foreign thing to Kentucky. Um, I think there's a possibility. Uh, Churchill Downs, uh, the larger company already runs online horse betting. Uh, they're and you would have to the, assume has some pretty, like throws around some pretty big weight in the state as well, you would think. Oh yeah, I mean this. Like, if they if they get behind whatever they want to do, like I think that that like that changes the calculus. And they're yeah, they're trying to get into both online sports betting and online gambling in other states. They're looking at it. Uh, they've already announced that they have a partnership with Golden Nugget in New Jersey. So, um, yeah, I think I think there's uh, the horses to do this possibly. Look at that. Oh, uh, that was awful. Oh, no, sorry. no, no, it's, it's okay. It's pun Thursday. Uh, it's a thing that we have, <laughs> it's a thing that we have going on in the, uh, in our Slack chat. So, uh, that's all, those were all good things there, Brett. And then now we get to, to the bad here. And this is your home state. This is where you reside. Uh, New York, we were looking at this. We were following this. We were up. We were, the reason we waited to record this was because we were hoping we were going to have maybe a Hail Mary good news about New York and instead not the case. Yeah, we converted the Hail Mary with DFS a couple of years ago. Um, the quarterback took the sack with sports <laughs> betting this week. Uh, honestly, I have some mixed feelings about this, though. I don't really think anyone was uh, totally on board with the league's getting a cut of every bet, which was included in the bill that was uh, up for what was proposed. I'm I'm a firm believer that it's in everyone's best interest for the leagues to have kind of a buffer when it comes to the sports betting industry. So I wasn't really thrilled with the legislation here anyway. And it, it seems like there might be another avenue anyway. Yeah, I mean, I look at it from this standpoint, Dustin, that 
we had an opportunity here to get it going in New York and obviously a big state with a ton of people and things like that, but it's also a very powerful state. It's also a state that people look to for a lot of different things. And if we set a precedent of giving some of this money to these leagues, even though it did get cut down to a fraction of a fraction, uh, I just still think that that's a bad thing to, to basically get to start with, especially in a state like New York. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is interesting in a macro sense in that the leagues, mostly NBA, Major League Baseball, and also the PGA Tour, were pretty okay with this bill. Like, if they could have gotten this bill to the finish line, uh, they would have been extremely happy because then they can go to legislatures in 2019 and say, hey, look what New York did. New York gave us uh, a royalty where they're giving us kind of wagers. They gave us control over who, uh, official data that we have. Like, sportsbook operators have to use the data that we say to. Say to. Uh, they, they, there's just lots of things that the leagues liked in the in this bill uh, uh, the bills that were moving through New York, and now they don't get it. And now it's uh, now they head into 2019 with a bunch of states that haven't given them anything that they want. Uh, so they're uh, it's an interesting dynamic. This, I think they were kind of counting on. They thought they thought they had New York in the bag. Things just went south in Albany. I know from four years of watching uh, what goes on in New York, you never know what's going to happen until the last minute. And we were even still like I thought there was still a possibility something might happen yesterday. But yeah, New York kind of changes the dynamic in that we don't have the leagues don't have this law they can point to is like, hey, this is what people should be doing and now you have all these other states like hey this is what you should be doing you don't give anything to leagues and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out next year yeah i mean look i understand that it if you live in new york and you were kind of excited about this you saw that it, there was a chance of this passing i could understand how you could be a little bit bummed but i think in the long run here this was probably a, a positive for the entire uh industry here because we're looking at a, a state the size of new york that goes in and and like you said dustin there's going to be other states that look to other some of these other states that have passed things and they were if they were to pass this and now another state comes along in 2019 is like okay well let's look and let's see what new york did and then you look and you see and then it's just a much easier avenue for this to snowball into exactly what the leagues are are looking for on a widespread basis and none of us want that brett none of us want to be giving this money away back to the leagues if anything you know this money stays in state and, and does some good hopefully yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to ask Dustin about this. I, it seems like there's a possibility that the existing sports betting law that was passed in 2013 could push through in New York this year. Yeah, it's uh, this is a, a big question after nothing happened uh, yesterday in the legislature is that uh, referendum in New York uh, authorized four commercial casinos in parallel. Um, they wrote uh, into the statute that you could have sports betting at these four four commercial casinos that exist in New York. So um, they we've heard actually earlier this spring that uh, the Gaming Commission in New York was writing regulations to say if, if, if nothing else happens, we have this law on the books that where we can have it just at the casinos, not mobile, um, not mobile wagering, just at a physical casino. And we don't really know what's going to happen. Like the, my sense is that the governor kind of has to is going to have to say yes, go ahead and do this. Like this is kind of under his purview. Just to, just enacting the law isn't necessarily enough to say hey, turn this on. Like you can write regulations, but if the governor says, well, hold your horses uh, again. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to do that one again. <laughs> I, that was actually that was actually all uh, generic, uh, organic. But he's if he says don't do this, like I think they're not going to do this. And we're also looking at the, there's so many gaming interests in the state. I mean, racetracks, uh, racinos, MGM just got into the state buying uh, Empire City in uh, in Yonkers. Like, 
like I just don't see New York saying, here, you four commercial casinos get an advantage. You can start doing sports betting while we're screwing around, not passing a bill. I just don't see that being a real popular thing with anybody. Um, so it's possibility. I just don't know how likely it is politically uh, until we hear more from the gaming commissioner, the governor's office saying, yes, this is going to happen. Yeah, it certainly seems like that would open the door for a lot of infighting. I can only imagine that that would be something where people were, if you were, if you were on the outside looking in that you would be none too pleased with, yeah, uh, with look, that decision. And my, and my sense is that if this is, if we're really looking at commercial casinos are basically going to have a, a monopoly. Like I feel like there have been way more impetus to get this bill done this year. It makes me feel like that's just not going to happen. I could be proven wrong. I've been wrong. Um, many, many, uh, dozens of times in the sports <laughs> betting industry, but uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if this is what happens. Uh, Brett, I don't know if you caught that. He used the word purview, which is such a great great word. I, I you know this is one of Dustin's go to words. He likes that word purview, and I actually commended him on it a, a couple weeks ago. I said, "Man, you using purview actually written in an email to us." I was like, "That, that is something I don't really think I'd ever find myself doing." Yeah, and he adds time onto my day because I have to look these words up. I, I know. We got to go to dictionary.com. Promulgate, promulgate is another great word. Oh, that was the one the other day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just dictionary.com getting burnt up over here uh, in our Slack chat for sure. Now, another bad news situation here, and it's, it's, it's good news, bad news, obviously, because there are things, at least in the works, I know that we've tried to – Temper your expectations a little bit if you live in Pennsylvania. I know we were very happy when things did get passed there or whatever, but we told you that, hey, it might be take a little while to roll out. Dustin, where do we stand in, in Pennsylvania? And this just seems to be kind of a, a pretty bad situation. Yeah, so right now uh, there's no nobody's actually applied a petition for a sports betting license there. Any casino in the state can do so. We don't know whether that's because people are turned off by one the ten million dollar licensing fee, or two the the tax rate of an effective rate of of thirty six percent. But right now Pennsylvania like. We, uh, we saw just yesterday, uh, we broke a story over at PlayPennsylvania.com where all the everybody was uh, invited to have public comment on the sports betting law in Pennsylvania and uh, and the regulations they're writing. And like everybody and their brother uh, wrote in, including uh, Major League Baseball and NFL. And even the NFL said, man, you're not going to you're not going to convert the black market if you have all these fees and taxes like this is this is silly. Like that's a uh, I mean, if the NFL is saying, hey, hey, guys, you're 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 taxing too much. That's that's that seems like a red flag. Like if they they. Everybody wants, uh, you know, the legal markets to succeed uh, and and have the the offshore slash illegal markets fail. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a problem in in how New Pennsylvania is going to move forward on sports betting for sure. Yeah, yeah. how bad how bad are your regulations that the leagues are the ones being logical here? Like this that's that's the that's the that's the barometer for lunacy, I think, at this point. Yeah, I mean, NFL in their letter. If, I mean, we can go over to the, the story I mentioned, and you can see all the letters themselves. The NFL actually looks like seems pretty rational to me. Like you, know, you read it, it's like, ah, eh, this is not all crazy. I mean, some of the stuff that we don't we don't love, and what and they they kind of agree with NBA and MLB on like data rights and and things like that. It's a little, but it, it comes off as like, eh, NFL has had worse positions on things before. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those things that we keep having to we keep having to vocalize and, you know, you guys will continue to write articles about it. And I think we can't say it enough is that I don't think people understand how slim a margin sports betting actually operates on. I think people look at these numbers and, you know, everyone one everybody talks in hyperbole like it is, you know, like it is the next thing that's going to solve the debt crisis here in the United <laughs> States or whatever, which it's not going to do. But, you know, yes, there is money to be made. Yes, there is uh, additional funds that can go to states and different things like that. But 
if you think that this is just this, you know, multi-billion dollar industry in, in actual hard cash going into the coffers of these casinos and stuff like you are sadly, sadly mistaken here. And this is this is another case where I just think people always look at the big number and then they don't ever look at the smaller number, which is the actual number that these that these casinos are holding on to at the end of the day. And it's just it's crazy to me how we can't understand the difference in, in those two numbers. Yeah, and I know we've talked about this before, but like sports betting is just is like an amenity, right? It's not supposed to be this thing that makes you tons of money. Yes, it's they would like casinos want to make money off of it. Absolutely. Other companies want to make money. Yes, sure. But this is a thing that you can use as a marketing tool if you're doing it online. If it's if you have a sports book, it's a, a way to get people into your casinos and doing other things like by buying meals or playing table games, things like that. This is a this is something to get people in. It's not supposed to be this huge driver of revenue. So I th- I hope that people start realizing this other this aspect of it that's not just the bottom line of sports betting because I think that's the more important lesson and 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 pro- opportunity for for people uh, in in sports betting moving forward. Yeah, Brett, when you come out to Vegas, you know where the sports books are located in in these various casinos and what do you do? You walk by either a giant pit full of table games or you walk by this giant bank of slot machines on the way to get to the sports book. So they hit you two different ways, on the way there and on the way out. And listen, that's what it's all about is you're yeah, you're coming in there to make a bet. But at the end of the day, they want you to sit, they want you to sit down and drop the hundo in the you know Simpson slot machine or whatever that you have zero chance of leaving with any of that hundred dollars and and that's what it's all about. I mean, this is the. The, the sports book is not there for them to to, to to post these gigantic, you know, LED signs that are out on Las Vegas Boulevard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, restaurants. Oh, well, Vegas is a, is a little unique in that there's just so many other things to do. But yeah, if you're if you're Mississippi, you're trying to get people in your casinos because there's going to be spending money there on other things other than sports betting. So yeah, it, it's, like uh, Dustin, it makes sense. Like Dustin, yeah. Dustin's be sitting out at the pool, you know, like ordering cocktails and you know yeah. making his making his bets on on, on his phone and stuff. I, I did uh, that the last. I literally did that last time. I was just sitting by the pool ordering drinks and bet and do it betting a game on, on NBA. I love it. I knew I, I knew we had more things in common than just our. Ex- expansive vocabulary i knew that there was things uh DraftKings is uh, pretty much a a weekly topic here on the podcast and, and look good for them they are making moves they are doing things they do have a new sports betting partner this was one of the things that we were wondering about hey DraftKings is is partnered with casino x y and z but how the hell are they going to actually give you a sports betting product well the canby group announced on wednesday that they had entered into a sports book agreement with DraftKings. they're going to provide the technology and services selected to support expansion of DraftKings product portfolio. Dustin, tell everyone about the Camby Group, what it's all about, and why that name might be popping up more than, than we even think. So it's a business-to-business provider for sports betting. It like provides the platform for for companies that have consumer-facing products like DraftKings. DraftKings has been working with uh, with Camby apparently to, to to develop its sports betting offering, and uh, we still haven't seen what that looks like. But that uh, we now know that this this relationship exists. We it's been rumored for quite some time. Um, but they're also they're uh, it's a company that's been spun off of a company called Kinder Group, which used to be Unibet. Um, for our U.S. listeners, I know these names probably don't mean a ton, but this is a really really big company um, and Canby was spun off of it uh, to just provide sports betting. So uh, they're going to be doing this uh, not just with DraftKings, they're, they're going to be working with other companies as well. So this company, if you if you follow the industry, is going to be doing a lot more of this. 
And Brett, you know, if, as you know, you play DFS. If you and and for a while there, you were having to you were having to uh, deal with the entire the whole basically geofencing thing or whatever. But they announced a geolocation partner as well for their sports betting product. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Canada while <laughs> while, while DraftKings uh, GeoComply. Uh, geolocation partner was uh, blocking me from playing games in uh, in New York, and they've gone with the same geolocation partner, GeoComply Geo for sports betting, which really is not a surprise. Yes, and it works very very well. I also live I live in Nevada, have to drive to the California border, uh, and it works very well. I mean, I'm talking within like feet. I mean, it, it's crazy how well they've got all this stuff. So I mean, if you know a lot of these arguments, you also hear, oh, it's just going to open up the door. People are going to be betting all over the place. Like you can pr- prevent it. Yeah, y- you can. Trust me. I mean, there there are people oh, who yeah. try. There are people who try out here very hard because there are a lot of people who come out here and spend the whole summer for, uh, out out in Las Vegas for the World Series of Poker and. You you know they are also DFS players, and you know they they have to drive a California border. Trust me, it's just the way that it works. It yeah. is it's it's just too. It, you cannot beat these things, Dustin. Why does everyone yeah. think? Why does everyone think you can beat these things? No, you can't. This is this is proven technology. It's been used for New Jersey online casinos for years. Like you can like if you go like GeoComply is I've seen live demos of it where you can be crossing the border into Pennsylvania and it turns you it turns your little dot where it's pinging you on your cell phone red like as soon as you get across the border. There's no there's no getting around this technology, especially on cell phones. Uh, like they're 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 gonna know where you are. You can't get around it. Uh, it's been really successful uh, in DFS already. I you know I try every time I'm in a state where it's banned. I've been in in, uh, in Texas and uh, in Washington State, places where you can't play. Always play DFS, and it, it it works. You can't like I guess there's people who try to get around it, but if this is if people are getting around it successfully, it's not something that that is really happening any any kind of big numbers. And I would say it's probably it's probably not happening at all. Yeah, certainly on mobile for sure. I mean that just is the it is. I mean literally within feet, you you get you get close to that California border, and, and it's just like, like man, why is it why is it still not working? And then you realize like you need to go. Like, like four more feet for it to actually like start to work. It's pretty crazy. So DraftKings now they've got you know although we have not seen anything, there is you know a partner now, Dustin. So you're in New Jersey. You already you know trust DraftKings. You already know DraftKings. Maybe you're a DFS player and you've got an account with DraftKings and they've been you know blasting you with emails about how they're coming soon and different things like that. Uh, when are they going to actually be able to do this? Uh, it could be as soon as the middle of next month. Online wagering can start, um, according to the law that was passed uh, last uh, last week. Uh, it could start as soon as I believe just yeah, second week of third week of July is when it could happen. Now DraftKings says said for a while they're going to be ready on day one of online sports betting. Uh, they have a partner with uh, Resorts Atlantic City. Uh, they now have the 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 Canby relationship that's that's public. Uh, so it's whether they have the product ready and whether they have the people in place to make the product work. Uh, so, I mean, in an ideal world, they're, you know, we're talking less than like three weeks and, and they're live in New Jersey. I can't say right sitting here right the second whether that's going to happen, but um, they, they, they are very, very optimistic and very gung-ho on getting live in, in sports betting in Jersey. They think if they start, start showing they, can, they have a product that works, uh, it's going to steamroll into other states. And, you know, I can't argue with that, that theory. 
Yeah, and listen, you know, we talk about these timelines and stuff. Like, the real timeline is the first week of September because that's when the NFL starts. I mean, like, everyone wants to be going as soon as humanly possible because obviously you don't want to leave, you know, what money there is in Major League Baseball betting and, you know, the various other fringe sports and things like that. But really and truly, the timeline exists for the first week of September because that is when NFL rolls around and that is when the real money and real wagering is going to begin. I mean, you're talking about a sport that only happens once a week so that you're able to kind of get your thoughts together and make bets and whatever. A lot of people... Uh, you know, that I know that bet NFL, you know, pretty heavily uh, don't dabble really at all in NBA and Major League Baseball because it happens uh, on a daily basis. It happens so often that if you're not following it pretty closely, you feel kind of lost. But with NFL, uh, just the volume just goes up so, so, so much because basically everybody thinks that they're an NFL expert. Right, Brett? <laughs> well, I know you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just one of the, it's just one of those things. I mean, everyone thinks that they are here. Um, this is not a shock, uh, you know. Uh, the, over at LegalSportsReport.com, which, by the way, you can read all of these articles, every single thing that we're talking about. Online Poker Report, TheLines.com, and Legal Sports Report. Uh, head to all of those sites, and you can read the full articles on all of these topics that we are talking about right here. But here is a shocker, not shocker. The FSTA releases a a study that says. Uh, that, uh, yeah, DFS players are also sports betters, uh, Brett. Uh, shocker, right? I mean, of, of the respond of the respondents, 980 play fantasy contests and 979 bet on sports. There was a crossover there, uh, a lot of crossover between the the two numbers, and it just it, of the 1400 people. So you can see that you know of 1400 people that took the thing, 980, 979. There are these numbers. This is not a shocker. I think this is just something that the FSTA wanted to put out to say, like, hey, see, we've been telling you this all along, but everybody <laughs> knows. Everybody knows that people that play fantasy sports are also sports betters and vice versa. Yeah, I was actually surprised to see that the crossover wasn't as high. Uh, but I think as, as we see legal sports betting spread over the next five years or so, that number will increase substantially. I mean, I don't technically consider myself a sports better, but I do place bets whenever I'm in Las Vegas. If it's available to me, I'll take part. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think DraftKings and FanDuel will have a huge success in this market, they're already tapped into a massive group of sports gamblers. That's what dr the daily fantasy players are. And many of those don't have access to sports betting right now unless they want to bet offshore. Uh, so I, I think a lot of those people will fall in love with sports betting as it becomes more available to them. And uh, it's going to be available right on their mobile device, as is uh, the daily fantasy product. Yeah, Dustin, this is one of the things that a lot of people, you know, whenever they talk about numbers and whatnot, that don't, I think that they don't take into account quite as much as just the yeah like if you were to take a survey and someone asked you like are you a sports better well I mean that's kind of a it's kind of an interesting question right because like Brett says sure I bet on sports when it's available to me but I don't go out of my way to bet on sports but you know just the exposure and it being legal and being able to do it I think it, then in turn really does change the the number of people that will do something I, I kind of make it akin to uh, medical marijuana uh, marijuana uh, uh, recreational marijuana you know it's one of those things where I know people here in Nevada that you know never ever partook in you know marijuana whatsoever before it became recreationally legal here and then you know from time to time now they partake or whatever it might be buy the the gummies to help them sleep at night or rub the 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 cream on their shoulder because it helps with with their aches and pains and stuff uh, things that they wouldn't have have sought out on their own but once it became readily available it was just like okay yeah it's legal now so so, yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I look at where I am here in Oregon. Uh, I am going to have uh, 
mobile wagering here, hopefully through the lottery. It's uh, it's really interesting to think uh, that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I consider myself a sports better. I bet on sports from time to time, but if I have, you know, access to something a legal product, then I'm certainly yeah. Maybe I am a sports better because I have this legal product in front of me and uh, an option that I didn't have before. So yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Where if you have this legal option, then you kind of are in, or you have a possibility of doing this more often. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And then FanDuel, uh, some interesting numbers coming from uh, from Pennsylvania. There, uh, Brett. Yeah, uh, FanDuel barely uh, eclipsed DraftKings as far as uh, the first month of PA regulations uh, in, in revenue. So I mean that I I would say that's a little surprising given what I mean the the huge uh, the huge climb DraftKings made uh, over the past few years. I was a little more surprised though at the lack of any revenue from. It. <laughs> All of the other, uh, <laughs> all of the other companies that have business. Why are these companies operating in Pennsylvania? <laughs> is, my, is my question. Even Yahoo, uh, four thousand four hundred dollars in revenue and six hundred sixty-six dollars in tax from last month. Yeah, I mean, I know. Uh... You know, Jonathan Bales and Adam Levitan live in uh, live in Pennsylvania. There's like I, maybe it just skews by the the volume of players and which sites they prefer and things like that. But even with that, just seeing how much bigger the tournaments have gotten over at DraftKings, over FanDuel, and just seeing what seems to be just when you're in the lobby and you see like things going on, it just seems like DraftKings is much much more active. Uh, did, did this shock you, Dustin, or is this just uh, not not really? Uh, it's shocking when you look at it because we we've, we we kind of look have know the numbers and what's going on, how many more users DraftKings has, and how much more handle they have in terms of entry fees. So it's it's weird to see the numbers like oh, FanDuel is more, but this is I mean the the gap is pretty small, and and, and it's right. It, it's 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 probably just the the couple big players make that much of a difference because they're you know they that in one single state where we're talking a pretty limited uh, audience, like it, they can turn the tide on what's going on. So so I don't know. I, I guess we'd be surprised if we saw this in every state where FanDuel would be leasing DraftKings. I think I don't think that's the case, but it, it was interesting to see real, almost real hard numbers. And hey, FanDuel's uh, almost equal with with DraftKings in terms of revenue. Brett, maybe there's some FanDuel whale that lives in in Pennsylvania that we don't know about. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe maybe Max Dallery only plays on FanDuel, <laughs> right, or something like that. I mean, maybe there's maybe there's something going on that we just aren't privy to. All right, to close the to close the show out today. I mean, this was this is something. I'm already. I'm already getting angry this is something near and dear to uh, to our dear friend here dustin galker's heart he is a pennsylvania sports fan this is one of those things where at least it wasn't your team right dustin Yes, if if what we're talking about had happened from come from the Philadelphia Phillies, I I might be burning all my Phillies stuff today. <laughs> so there was a lot of letters that were sent out, but one stuck out in particular. A letter from the Pittsburgh Pirates was sent, and you know it got out there, and the, you can read the full letter. Letter the article is at legalsportsreport.com if you want to. But there were a couple of passages that I think is worth talking about on here on a local level. The Pirates are obviously one of the handful of professional sports organizations that will be the most directly affected by any new regulations in Pennsylvania. We think it is important to note that any revenue generated through sports wagering is largely dependent on organizations like the Pirates who actually supply the sports wagering product. Well, I mean, so now we have broken this down from Major League Baseball saying, "Okay, well we do we provide the product, so we deserve a cut." To now 
the the pirates alluding to they are actually what's going on here. So now we've broken a subset into a subset here. And now the letter continues, without professional sports, there will be no professional sports betting. Providing a professional sports product is a costly endeavor. While our <laughs> landlord is responsible for capital repair and improvements at PNC Park. Okay, this is the key statement here. While our landlord is responsible for capital repair and imp- improvements at PNC Park, the pirates are responsible for maintenance and operational expenses at PNC Park, which has consistently been named the premier ballpark in the country since its opening in 2001, the capital needs at PNC Park are significantly and unfortunately are much higher than the current funds allocated to them by our landlord. So do, do you, you kind of see where they're going with this? Like you kind of see what's about to happen with this paragraph right here. As it continues, we've been engaged in constant dialogue over the past five to seven years with city, county, and state officials about the need to allocate a funding source to the capital needs of PNC Park. It stands to reason that a portion of the revenue collected from sports wagering should be allocated to the maintenance and capital upkeep of PNC Park. Dustin, when you read that line right there, did your temperature at least rise three degrees? Uh, I, I'm getting another aneurysm reading it again. It's uh, it stands to reason that re- sports betting revenue needs to be given to the pirates to keep up PNC Park. How like how who who's the lawyer who wrote this sentence and thought this is a great idea that we really got this great argument here where you like if we don't get money from this we we can't keep the park up. This this is an absolutely ridiculous letter. It's the most ridiculous thing I think I've seen in sports betting over the last what three and a half years of wow. Which is worse than the Orrin Hatch uh, op-ed about PNC Park was already largely built built with with public funds from from uh, from public money, taxpayer money, and here we're at we're seeing the pirates ask for money from sports betting to keep the park up. Now maybe they need that. Last last night it flooded because of rains in Pittsburgh, (laughs) so it's 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 just absolutely ridiculous that. This is this, we're having this we're having we're create, apparently creating a stadium free from sports betting. If you can't, you, you need to keep the stadiums nice, and if you want to have legal sports betting, but this is just absolute nonsense. Brett, did you take it as well as Dustin did? Uh, I don't think I had an aneurysm, but it, this is <laughs> this is obviously ridiculous, and and <laughs> I don't believe in karma, but what happened inside the Pirates Stadium last night happened for a reason. That was the timing of that was amazing. The dugout floods and just after we learned about the team crying out for more help with stadium costs i think the sports betting god's got a good laugh out of that one yeah i mean you look at this guy i mean like obviously all of these sports team owners are absolutely uh, you know ridiculously wealthy i mean the this guy robert nutting that owns the the, the pittsburgh pirates he's one of the you know in the upper third of um of of richest owners in baseball so i mean you're talking we're talking billionaires here and things like that and yet here we are with our handout for the scraps i mean we're talking the scraps that would that would actually be handed out here to so what what do you actually do with the money that that you would actually get from this to to help with pnc park i mean what do you do you put like new doorknobs on on something or something i mean like seriously you're not getting very much money from this i'm just i'm so confused as to what this money would 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 actually do for pnc park dustin 
Oh, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, like, if the Pirates really think the park's in that bad of shape, like, maybe just kick in some of your own money. I know the Pirates are just absolutely an awful franchise, and that's not, I think we all agree, even though I'm yes. a Phillies fan, or that we can agree on that. But, yeah, it's just, uh, I just don't understand, like, why why they think they need more money. And we're talking about Pennsylvania. We already talked. $10 million licensing fee, 36% ta- effective tax rate. And the Pirates want the state to give them more <laughs> of that, more money. Like, let's, like, oh, come on. This is, like, let's just have... I, I say this all the time. Let's just have rational discussions. And a stadium fee from sports betting is absolutely nonsense. If you if they need more money for sports bet for 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 keeping the stadium up, figure it out with the city and the, the municipality or the state or whatever. But don't don't tie it to sports betting. This is just absolute stupidity. Yes, absolute stupidity that continues to happen time and time again, guys. We offer our advice and we offer our our counsel every time on this podcast. If you are out there and you are about to put out some sort of idiotic letter or something stupid. If you're going to say something stupid to someone, you can come and you can and run this by us first and we'll help you with this. We will make you sound much, much smarter than all of your peers out there. I promise you, we will help you out. Dustin is here to help you. I'm, I'm going to, ha- I'm pimping out your services, Dustin. I'll, t- I'll, I'll I can tell you this was a really bad idea. Now, I, the, the question I have is if major league baseball actually saw this letter for the pirates said, Oh yeah, go ahead. That's a great idea. Because if, if, if MLB greenlit this, then they should just, uh, you know, take a dive off a cliff. This is just, this is stupid. Yeah. This is also a, an owner that the, the pirates fans themselves, uh, earlier in the year were, were trying to get stuff together to make him sell the team because they hate him so much, uh, for everything that he's done, traded away Andrew McCutcheon and whatnot. And that was, uh, something they were not too happy about as well. So it's a very interesting climate that we have here. Some good news, some bad news, some interesting news, some things still on the table guys week in and week out. We will continue to come at you with all the news and hopefully fill you in. And maybe there will be more good news than bad news as we continue on here with all of this legal landscape of sports betting and online gaming and online poker and whatnot. Again, please go to LegalSportsReport.com. Please go to OnlinePokerReport.com. Please go to TheLines.com. Please go to Play Pennsylvania. All of our sites out there. We have such good information going up on a daily basis with some very, very, very talented and smart people. Uh, and if you are in any of the states, we've got state pages all over the country. So no matter where you live, uh, check it out because we have uh, what basically you can spend 30 minutes and know everything you need to know about what's going on in your state. That is for sure. Dustin, thank you for being here, Brett. Thank you for being here. You can follow them at Dustin Galker at Brett Colson. You can follow me at Matt Brown M2 for Dustin for Brett. We will see you guys next week. That was a good one.